What's up, everybody? It's Pastor James. Welcome back to our midweek Bible study. Today we are starting chapter 5, and we'll read as Solomon continues to beg his sons to listen, as he's been doing the, for the past couple chapters. Um, but as he begs them to continue to listen, to listen to wisdom, and he addresses them on immoral women, which is pretty fascinating. So let's read this together as we read Proverbs chapter 5. Let's read verses 1 through 6 to start out. It says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment, and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave, for she cares nothing about the path of life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. All right. Well, once again, we see Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, pleading with his sons to listen to him and to pay attention. And he wanted them to have discernment and to be able to express what they've learned, but we don't see any sign of that happening. And no doubt Solomon had many sons who were hard-headed and refused to listen. And uh, one of the reasons why we can assume that Solomon had so many sons was because he had so many wives, at least uh, a thousand women. You know, hundreds of concubines, hundreds of wives. Uh, Solomon was familiar with women, and he understood how enticing and immoral women could be. After all, don't forget that Solomon himself was led astray uh, from the Lord to worship idols by his foreign wives, and we read about that in Scripture. It's not that only women are immoral. Um, as we get started, you know, you got to remember this is simply a group of writings. Uh, meant for Solomon's sons to gain learning from. So men are just as capable of being immoral as women. Men are just as capable of seducing the opposite sex as women are. But we are talking about Solomon's writings to his sons. And so he is warning them of immoral women because he knows that this is something that a lot of young men fall into. So Solomon begins talking about immoral women by acknowledging how tempting they can be. He says that her lips are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. And there's just something about an immoral woman that is attractive to men. She displays a willingness to engage in activities that most men are interested in, especially young men. She knows what appeals to men and she knows how to talk to them in a way that is very luring. And this is why men pursue her. You know, a lot of women get really frustrated at men because men can be attracted to immoral women. And uh, <clears throat> this is why a young man needs wisdom and understanding while dealing with immoral women. They are out there. You are going to come across one eventually. And she can easily lead you astray if you do not know what is inevitably being brought before you. But what will it bring? Poison is what Solomon says. The end is poison. And Solomon compares an immoral woman to a double-edged sword, a dangerous weapon that only a skilled swordsman should wield as it's as likely to harm the wielder as it is the enemy, if not used with careful skill. Solomon continues on to talk about how her feet go down to death and her steps lead to the grave. And you might wonder exactly what that means. Well, a person's feet are their base. It's their foundation. 
And you think about for someone to be a truly good athlete, they have to have strong legs and quick and agile feet. The feet are the foundation upon which everything else is built on. And this woman's foundation is built on death. Whether she realizes it or not, that's what it's built on. And this is why we need wisdom. Because it doesn't seem like it's built on death. It seems like this is life. This is fun. This is fulfilling. And it is for a time. And it's kind of scary considering how many young men chase after immoral women to engage in sin. But if you follow her, she will lead you straight to the grave. And this is the message that Solomon is communicating. Now, the reason being is that she cares nothing for the path of life. She cares nothing for God. She cares nothing for righteousness and the laws of God. Because if she did, she would care for the people that she's luring away from God. And she's more concerned with herself and getting what she desires than she is with uh, getting giving what God desires. So she strag- she staggers down a crooked path and she doesn't even realize it. You know, she's stumbling around. She doesn't have good footing. She's not leading a good life. She's not heading in a good direction. And she thinks and believes that she is in control. And she she may very well be able to control a young man or someone that she could lead astray. And she thinks that she's securing her place in the world, but really she's leading herself and every man that follows her to their death, to spiritual death, that is. And Solomon is doing his best to help his sons to understand that chasing after this immoral woman or any immoral woman will lead to trouble. It's going to lead to heartache, to pain. And if you stay with her long enough, it'll eventually lead to your very own spiritual death. All right, read with me Proverbs chapter 5, verses 7 through 14 as we finish up today. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, How I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. All right. So once again, you see him pleading for his sons to listen to him. Listen to what is said, (coughs) and never stray from it. Solomon's advice is to just simply stay away. Stay as far away as you can. Don't even go near the door of her house because there's something in every man that wants to fulfill the desires of the flesh. He wants to be affirmed. He wants to be wanted. So he must be careful not to even go near her door because she knows what he wants. And she knows what he longs to hear. And she is willing to say it. And she's willing to do what the man wants. And she will lead him straight to the slaughter. And Solomon says, first you'll lose your honor. And I just want you to think for a moment how many men have been caught in immorality or adultery and lost their honor from those who know them and love them the most. And and that's the thing about it. The people who love you the most will be the ones who are hurt the most. 
And how many men have you seen lose all that they have or a lot of what they have at the result of an immoral relationship? And while it's a consequence, it's also kind of a curse for those who give in to their base instincts. When you look at verse 11, it gives great insight to the understanding that diseases await those who are engaging in immorality. Diseases will consume them and they will groan in anguish is what God's word says. So one of the most common things that you see in Renaissance art is people with syphilitic sores. And it was common for people in that time to have syphilis as a result of it promiscuity. And over the years, you know, even our culture has witnessed many STDs as they have become more and more prevalent among people as Sexual immorality has become more normal in our culture. And we've also witnessed the rise and spreading of HIV and AIDS. I can remember as a kid, whenever it first came on the scene, and just constantly hearing about how um, homosexuality and drug users were like the main spreaders of HIV and AIDS. And now it's just kind of prevalent among a lot of our culture because... You know, people have engaged in so much immorality now, it's just people get it. Um, And it's not necessarily that they're homosexual or drug users now, it's just they're just living in immoral relationships. And so, um, you cannot neglect the fact that anytime a culture gives in to sexual immorality, you can be sure that diseases will follow. And they do. And we experience that even in our own culture today. It's a consequence of the immorality And Solomon is warning his sons of that impending doom. And you look at verse 12, and it's a great verse to follow up with because people always look back and regret what's caused them harm. You know, people regret more than anything the things that we do to ourselves. And so the diseases from immorality. You think about cancer from smoking, you know, liver disease from drinking, diabetes from overeating all the things that we do to ourselves they're the ones that that we regret the most because we did it we had control and we did it to ourselves and so Solomon is telling his sons that they're going to look back and they're going to kick themselves they're going to hate themselves for what they did they will say oh how I hated discipline and I hated teaching and I hated my instructors and in this sense People who pursue evil actually do hate discipline. It takes a disciplined person to overcome the temptations of this life. There is an aspect of self-discipline when it comes to being a believer and follower of God. But also, there's a much larger aspect of spiritual discipline that you and I have to lean into God during times of temptation so that He can rescue us and He can lead us out of that temptation because... You and I are not strong enough to overcome temptation ourselves. We need the power of Christ. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, we have to be disciplined, but we have to be disciplined in our relationship with the Lord so that when the time of temptation comes, we can rely on His power and not our own. So we must be very disciplined in staying connected to God and relying on Him during these times. People who give in to temptation, they are people who seek pleasure for the moment. They seek that instant gratification, but they hate discipline. And they ignore all the warnings that God has given us because 
the the Bible is full of warnings against sin. It tells us exactly what will happen if we do. And the more we sin, the easier it is to ignore. And it's difficult because God is merciful and the consequences of sin don't always present themselves immediately. And because of that, people think, oh, well, I did it and nothing bad happened, so I'll do it some more. But eventually, the consequences come. And we have to realize that. This is what Solomon's communicating. And it's often too late and they're permanent. They're permanent things that we will have to deal with until the day that we die and leave this world. And when we are enduring these consequences and we're in the midst of suffering, we will regret so many things. We'll question why we didn't listen to our instructors, why we didn't listen to our teachers, and the realization that we are ruined in that moment. We must acknowledge public disgrace. And we have to realize that that that's going to set in. We're going to have to fess up and, and meet head on this idea that we have failed. And I want to spend a few moments before we end today talking about this because I think it is very important for us as followers of God and even people in general that we realize we learn some of the best lessons by learning what not to do. Witnessing the negative consequences and their punishments of someone who is given in sin, criminality, immorality, etc., is one of the greatest deterrents for all people. You know, some of the greatest lessons that I've learned in my life is seeing someone suffer as a result of something that they did. And it just came time in their life to pay the piper. Because at that moment, I may have been doing the same exact thing they were doing, but for whatever reason, I was the one one who didn't feel the brunt of it, but I saw them suffer as a result. And a lot of times we as people need to see the consequences of our choices so that we can stop and move away from that and choose the Lord. And this is the problem that many Christians, they try to hide the negative consequences of sin. We try to hide from the reality of God's Word. We don't want people to realize where we have failed. And one of the things that bothers me, for example, is when someone gives testimony about how God saved them. (coughs) They talk about their old life before they found God. And they kind of glorify their past like it was this great fun adventure that everyone should do. And they didn't refer to their life like it was. It was a disaster. You know, the reason why they needed Jesus Christ in their life is because they wrecked their life. We all wreck our life, and so we all need Christ. And all of our sins and all of our temptations, all of our shortcomings, they are disgusting. You know, it's like, I'm so thankful God pulled me out of the stuff that I was doing, and I used to take part in because I wouldn't want to live that life again. And I don't glorify that life in any way, but some people, whenever they give their testimony, seems like they do. And, you know, people need to see it for what it is. Sin is is outright evil. And people, especially young people, need to understand that there are consequences that come with living in sin and immorality. And so we should never glorify it, but we should also never hide it. You know, a lot of times... People will not talk about their past life because they're ashamed. They're ashamed of what they're having to suffer through now as a result of what they used to do. 
But in reality, our young people need to hear you say, I wish I hadn't done that because now I'm having to suffer through this. I'm having to deal with this. This has affected me negatively in this way. Young people need to see that. This is what Solomon is trying to teach. And while many people will say these things that Solomon is talking about to themselves, they rarely acknowledge them publicly. And we probably should be more willing to acknowledge consequences and sufferings publicly as a form of penance and testimony of what God has delivered us from as people so that God can prevent others from having to suffer and endure the same things that we've had to do. So today I'll finish by asking you this question. Is there any sin, immorality, impurity in your life that needs to be dealt with? Don't ignore your teachers, don't ignore your instructors, especially don't ignore your Heavenly Father and His Word, which we've read today. It is the light that guides us through the darkness. We live in a dark world. We live in a world with an infinite amount of dark, sinful obstacles. Moving, changing variables that we can't predict. And if we do not have Christ in our hearts... And we don't have Christ on our side guiding us. We are going to stumble down paths that we should never be on. And Solomon is trying to warn his son, stay away from immoral women because they will lead you down a path that you aren't prepared to go on. It will cost you a lot more than you have to pay for. And it will suck the very life from you, both spiritually and physically. So don't let yourself be led astray (coughs) by moments of pleasure and instant gratifications in this life. Let's give ourselves to the Lord and be obedient to what we are learning in His Word. All right? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much again for another beautiful day. Thank you for your love and mercy, for everything you've given us. I pray, God, that you would help us not to fall from grace, but, Lord, that we would choose you every day, that we would avoid immorality, that we would avoid sin, we would avoid temptation, that, God, we would... Move to the other side of the road, the other side of the room, the other side of the world in order to stay away from it because we love you and we want to serve you and we want to honor you. God, guide us in our lives. We love you. We thank you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week. And thank you for being a part of the Graham Chapel family and a part of the kingdom of God. As always, tune in this weekend for our video services on Facebook, YouTube, and the podcast. And if you can, catch us in person at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings here at Graham Chapel. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.